This is the Cash Value Solutions Podcast, where your hosts, Jason Polmeyer and Kyle Mann, shed light on little-known money truths to help you take control of your financial future and become your own banker. Subscribe, rate, and review the show, and check us out at CashValueSolutions.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Cash Value Solutions Podcast this week. What do we have on tap, Kyle? We're going to go over how you shouldn't expect your policy alone to earn you enough rate of return to live off of or to thrive off of. And I guess to lead in and get started on this, I would say um, the first time I read Becoming Your Own Banker, and then I actually read it at the beginning, got to the illustrations, I didn't skip to them, started going through that and study them, studying them. I didn't personally understand everything that was going on, but... It was pretty easy to see that Nelson was drawing a significant amount of income out of the policies compared to premium that was paid. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, that was eye-opening in and of itself. I mean, the concept was interesting enough, but then seeing that, I mean, it was just like, oh my gosh. Yeah, I would agree. This Um, is the cure to cancer. (laughs) But um, even with lower interest rates, dividend rates. I mean, if you put substantial premium in, yes, I mean, you, you're going to generate some, some substantial premium over your lifetime. It's just, we expect it instantly. Definitely. So, and also, we're used to um, the stock market. So people say, yeah, you should put all your money in the stock market and it just grows, it grows, it grows. And then, you know, that, that's the end all be all. And that's where you should put your money. It's, that's how you're going to retire. That is very um, that is very common advice given to people. And so people want to look at life insurance kind of in the same way as that. So, and it's, it's not. So we just want to distinguish that. It's definitely not. Um, the, the risk class of the two assets is, is totally, could not be further apart. Mm-hmm. And um, even though, I, I mean, I truly believe, you know, on a net dollars basis that you get to use, life insurance is pretty competitive with the things you put it up against. Sure. Um, it, it's not gonna, it's not going to deliver the gross type of values that you see in other accounts. Yeah, and that's um, mostly because of its tax-free nature, I guess, if we use it correctly. Right, when we use it correctly. So, and you know, I guess. The the real point that Kyle and I want to want to bring home in this podcast is that when you start an IBC policy, it can be very common for people to start a policy, start putting money into it, and not use that policy actually. Sure. Um, everybody has intentions of all these things they're gonna do with a policy when they take it out, and then when push comes to shove, they don't actually use the policy. What Kyle and I are here to say is this is a place for you to store your money, but don't store it here forever. I mean, take action with this thing. You can do the the things that this policy is going to allow you to do to have access to money, to take advantage of opportunities. Those are the things that are going to create wealth for you. Yeah, we're we're building a pool of capital to then take advantage of opportunities. You know, you're you're putting your money in a place somewhere 
or you can't just, or we're unlikely, you know, just to go blow it on random things. And, you know, Nelson, I mean, I think that he does an excellent job of trying to get people to see this in building your warehouse of wealth where he goes over um, how he took out a policy loan um, on some forest land. It was something that he knew stuff about, was educated on because he had been a forester and he knew what a good deal it was um, when his friend offered him the land, which I can't remember the price off the top of my head. He, Nelson's like, hold on, I'll be right back. You know, I'm going to go get a check before you change your mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But but see, that that was the mindset that Nelson had. He never viewed this policy as something that was on its own, you know, the best thing since sliced bread. I mean, it was the things that it allowed him to do that he loved about it and why he, you know, shared with us the infinite banking concept. Yeah. It's just really meant to be icing on the cake, you know, create that tailwind for you. You could get by in life without IBC. Um, It's just, your life's going to be a lot easier with it. And it's going to just add, just add that tailwind to your business or whatever you're already doing. Or some, as some people like to say, they, it'll add uh, jet engines to what you're already doing. Yeah. And I, I guess it's, it's not really the direction we went with today's podcast. Um, but I know that for some of you that are out there researching the infinite banking concept, it can seem like it will be forever before you ever get to that point with an IBC plan because mm-hmm. it's a long-term strategy. Um, it does happen sooner than you think. I mean, I'm uh, just over three years in now on my very first policy. And I can tell you that having access to capital, instead of having that money locked up in an IRA or 401k or some type of qualified plan, or even in the stock market where I wouldn't have known what, what the stock market was going to do the last three years. I mean, it's opened up this land opportunity for me, which I'm going to um, I mean, knock on wood, I'm going to do very well on. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and you don't have the government as a partner in this storage of capital. No, I mean that's pretty huge. <laughs> I I think I think that's part of the reason why we're able to make um, the decisions that we can with it because we aren't we don't have a partner in it. Yeah, you're not beholden to certain rules. You know, like you can't access this much by a certain age or. There's a penalty. Yeah. So. The, those things are all huge and they're what allow you to like do those things in your life, you know, whether that's business, whether that's investing, whether that's being a lender of some sort to other people. Um, I mean, the policy is a tool that allows you to do that. But, sure. But to me, if you don't have the mindset of the infinite banking concept, like the the mind is the most powerful thing, okay? You need to understand how to use the tool. But if you don't have that mindset of what to do with it, it's not that special. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. So, I mean, you know, one way that you can look at this, like where it makes sense to park it, like later in life, if you're trying to move money out of more volatile assets or whatever the stock market anything like that um you know it's a great place to park some money if you're insurable to add a little value on top of it lock in the gains you've made wherever they've been and then it's easy to distribute that money 
you know, on your passing to whoever you want. Absolutely. That is a fantastic, I mean, that's what life insurance is sort of meant to do, you know, for estate planning, to take care of any debts, to have liquid money, you know, to distribute, to help, you know, if there's a house, you know, that somebody gets well, then somebody else needs money or land, you know, um, life insurance is a huge tool to be able to make those things happen. Sure. And it may not matter, you know, rate of return, but it shouldn't be an excuse for not having a policy set up for your needs. So like if you need cash up front, I mean, maybe that policy should be designed then for, you know, early break evens or, you know, quicker capitalization period. If you want to pay in for an extremely long amount of time, then your policy needs to be set up that way. So I guess I know some people can just say, oh yeah, rate of return doesn't matter, you know, things like that, because you're using this money. What's the external rate of return going to do? It's like, well, you That's can, important. You can have both. You can have a good external rate of return on, you know, your access to capital inside the policy while having a pretty decent rate of return in the policy yeah, as well. Yeah, pretty decent internal rate of return. So, and, and you know, we can affect what that rate of return is going to be totally. I mean, some of that is dependent on dividend rate. Sure, we can do things to optimize cash accumulation inside of a policy with design, but we cannot control what the company's dividend rate is going to do. No. We can't control what the loan rate is going to be on the policy loans unless we get direct recognition with fixed, um, with a fixed loan interest rate. Yeah. Um, but those are things that we have to have in mind. You know, it's important to do what we think we're going to do. You know, if we want to pay $30,000 a premium a year, if you don't do those things, understand that you have that right not to with an IBC design policy, you can pay in less, but it's going to affect policy performance. And access to capital. And access to capital. But just remember, you know, ultimately, access to capital is the most important thing that we're creating with an IBC plan. Mm-hmm. It isn't the fact that the policy is going to produce this astronomical income for us in the future. Or um, the fact that the rate of return is so great compared to what other type of strategies you can do with the same risk pr- profile. Um, that That's why we do it. Ultimately, the policy does not make us rich, you know, and and give us all this wealth. I mean, it does good. It does what it's supposed to do. But the mindset and having the access to capital that the infinite banking concept, the thought process, the action of accumulating capital, that is what ultimately will, will lead you to decisions that can potentially provide you with the wealth that you're seeking. Yeah, and we we don't advocate for just, you know, blindly doing this. You know, not everybody's a candidate for this. If you if it costs you, you know, more to access this capital than it could, you know, anywhere else, if you're not receiving a, you know, a net benefit, it doesn't make sense to do this. Sure. And that's um, you know, how we talk about, you know, using your policy in today's environment. Using it and adapting it to fit your own needs. Because when you're the banker, you make those choices. Exactly. Yeah, you make the rules. <clears throat> so, um, do you have anything else you want to add, Kyle? No, I think that kind of wraps up our topic for today. Okay. Well, guys, um, please, if you have uh, questions or, or comments for us, uh, we leave our email uh, addresses so you can get a hold of us easily. And uh, 
you know, send those over to us. We'd love to respond to you and see what you're thinking about the podcast. But anyways, we'll be back next week. This was the Cash Value Solutions Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Check us out at cashvaluesolutions.com. And don't forget to tune in next week.